SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. When Tyler Hero has more shots than you do, uh, meaning Jimmy Butler, there's something wrong with that, even though Hero's their number two scoring option at this point. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats. Fifth year is truly Scott Wetzel on this Thursday, October uh, 8th. I was going to say 6th, 8th. Great. Uh, you're just truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Let's not go back in time. Thank you very much. It's been a long enough because it is. 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls right here again on a Thursday October 8th edition of Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Randy, who? Talk about calling the kettle black. No wattage in Houston. Help in Houston, though. Whining in Pittsburgh. Allen in. Haskins out in Washington. Big trouble, perhaps, in Kansas City. Bigger trouble in San Diego. Uh, generating interest in the Wetzel household. Yeah, I wonder if I can buy these in China. Uh, and there's got to be more than uh, what meets the eye for sure this story. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats on a uh, Thursday, October 8th. Well, baseball taking center stage. It's been a long time since we've said that. NBA is off uh, last night. It's off again tonight because they're afraid, basically, of the NFL. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. It's amazing. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears can shut down Major League Baseball. The coronavirus can't. Uh, no fans in the stands can't. Nobody watching on TV can't. But the Bears and Bucks can. Uh, there's no two ways about it. That is the only explanation uh, to show why the uh, NBA Finals Game 5 would not be tonight. It's because there's NFL football. They pushed it off until Friday. So we got baseball. We got the Dodgers winning. We got the uh, Devil Dogs winning. We got the Braves and A's winning as well. All coming up in a lot of football moves right here. Baby, that SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. This is ball to deep center field. Ballinger twisting around. Still going. He's at the wall. He leaps. And he made the catch. Cody Ballinger 
Padres Radio Network with the call on a Bagels in the Bad Beach Thursday morning. Or excuse me, Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers Radio Network with the call there. Um, that really uh, ended up being the difference in the game when, when everything was said and done. Let me recap it because if you're listening to me now, chances are you are not up when this game and these, these, these West Coast games are ending way, way, way too late. Uh, to think anyone on the East Coast uh, with half a life is staying up to watch these late night games. I mean, listen, it is what it is. It's the West Coast. I suppose you could start them a little bit earlier than uh, what they're starting them now, but uh, to think that you're staying up to 2 o'clock in the morning, forget about it. So uh, let me lay it out for you. Dodgers beat the Padres 6-5. to five. They take a 2 nothing best-of-five series lead. Cody Bellinger with a home run, and then he robbed uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. there of a game-tying home run, which you just heard in the seventh inning. Dodgers were leading at 7 uh, excuse me, in the seventh inning, four to three. Now, listen, it, it was a nice catch. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it's it's the same catch we've seen a thousand times. You guys make this catch. It's more a marvel, believe it or not. It, it really is. Not to poo-poo this thing, because, again, in the end, maybe it actually saved the, the bacon for the Dodgers uh, because they gave up a couple of runs in the ninth when they were leading six to three. But, you know, it, it's more a marvel that the ball is able to be at that exact point. It's It's not really the catch that's great. It's the ability for the ball to be only about six inches over the wall. These guys have the ability. They're back there. They jump and they catch the ball. I mean, it's it really is not that difficult when you start thinking about it. It's really, like I said, just the, for that ball to be at the exact point where you could you could stand at home plate and hit 100 balls off a fungo bat and not be able to get that ball where it needs to be in order for you to jump up and make the catch. So... Uh, but that all said, you know, <clears throat> we'll, we'll we'll give it to him. He makes the catch because it really was, in a lot of ways, the story of the game from another standpoint, which we'll get to here in a second. But he makes the catch, ends the inning. Dodgers walk off uh, the uh, top of the seventh with a 4-3 to three lead. They tack on a couple of more runs, make it 6-3. San Diego scores two in the ninth inning. They have the bases loaded to out, and Eric Hosmer Browns out with the bases loaded to end the game against Joe Kelly, who had walked to. So Dodgers hold on and win 6-5. Uh, to five. If you lay the run and a half, you're in trouble. You were looking good with a 6-3 lead uh, with the Kellen Jansons on the hill, <clears throat> but he gave up two runs, and again, they put two on the board, uh, but Dodgers win the overall prize 6-5. to five. Here's the hypocrisy of it all, though, you know, in this, this dopey game of baseball, which I love, don't get me wrong, but between the unwritten rules, and you can do this, but you can't do that. You're allowed to do this, but you're not allowed to do that. You know, all within the framework of, oh, God forbid you should actually show a team up. I mean, God forbid you should actually show any kind of emotion. You know, that's a no-no. I mean, football players can act like they, you know, how much, if I had a dollar for every time a team was down like three scores and scored a touchdown and pretended they just won the Super Bowl, I'd be a rich man. I watch this stuff every Sunday afternoon and I'd say, relax, people. It, it, it's a dopey interception. You're down four scores. You're celebrating like you just won the Super Bowl. That's all allowed. You know, same thing in hockey. You can celebrate all you want. NBA, oh my God, you know, the celebrations that go on in the NBA. But baseball, man, it is a no-no. And we bring it up because after that play, Bellinger making a great catch. The Dodger pitcher at the time, uh, Bruce Starr uh, Gratterall, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, he, now, listen, it, it was a little over the top here. You know, he throws his uh, mitt down, you know, in, in celebration. I mean, he throws it down and he throws his hat down in celebration. I mean, you would have thought the game was over. If you just saw that highlight, you would have thought that catch was made with two out in the top slash bottom of the ninth inning, and the game ended. So he throws his glove down. He throws his hat down in celebration. And all it did was end the seventh inning. And listen, over the top, but, you know, he's excited. It's a playoff game. No big deal, right? 
So the Padres, uh, Manny Machado, you know, the Padres, you know, the Slam Diego Padres, you know, the same Padres that are flipping about 15 freaking feet in the air, you know, after every home run, whether it's Machado or Tatis Jr. I mean, the, the amount of discussions that Major League Baseball had around its circles about Tatis Jr. in particular celebrating and San Diegoans arguing that, you know what, that's allowed, that's okay, he's a young kid, no big deal, showing emotion, blah, 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 blah. And I always defended him. And and now for the Padres to take offense to the fact that the pitcher is so excited, he acts like he won the game uh, with Manny Machado being, you know, not necessarily held back, but he's throwing F-bombs across the field at this poor guy. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Again, you talk about calling a kettle black. I mean, what an absolute joke. Uh, I mean, let the guy celebrate. Was it over the top? Yeah, but so was Tatis Jr. flipping the bat 25 feet in the air after every grand slam or after every home run or same thing with Machado. I mean, my, you talk about the hypocrisy. I, you, you couldn't make this stuff up. Are you kidding, Manny? Really? Your team, you, you're going to take exception to somebody else celebrating? I don't listen. I don't care what this reliever would have done. He he could have taken his clothes off and danced around naked on the mound for goodness sakes. The San Diego fathers are in no position. I mean, zero position to be complaining about somebody else celebrating too excessively in a game. I, I mean, holy crap! Again, you can't make this stuff up. If I would have told you that there was one team upset about another team celebrating, if you would have did the pecking order one through eight of the remaining teams that are out there. I mean, you had to have put San Diego last. I mean, forget about first, second, third, or fourth. I mean, just absolutely last. They are the kings of celebration. And this mope is is complaining that, uh, you know, L.A. is celebrating, in essence, too much? You got to be kidding me. Uh, you know, th this is why I got basically run out of Baltimore. Even Eduardo Rodriguez, good job by the Red Sox pitcher, uh, sent out a tweet yesterday saying, okay, so it's okay for you to celebrate, but it's not okay for a pitcher to celebrate, you know? So uh, good job by uh, Rodriguez. Way to go, brother. So well, what a goof. Well, what a joke. You know, if you needed a reason to not root, sorry, San Diego fans, if you needed a reason to not root for the Padres, and they've been a great story all year, uh, and in a lot of ways they carry baseball there the first couple of weeks with all the grand slams they were hitting. But, gee, you know, if Machado doesn't come out today, and say, you know what, my bad. I just let my emotions get the best of me. I was upset. I thought we had just taken the lead. You know, we're trailing in one game to none. You know, we had a chance to take the lead, maybe tie the series, and I just, you know, I just, I just lost it. If he doesn't say something like that today before today's game three, then, man, I, you just have no respect for Manny Machado, none whatsoever. And if the Padres try and defend him, and say something about how uh, the reliever was over the top, you know, same thing. Then just zero, zero respect. It's a shame. Don't don't uh, let the, uh, you know, division series implode in your face, getting swept maybe, ruin what's been a really a good season for San Diego. They're playing with house money. They got a lot of young players, you know, a couple of veteran players on the team, but basically no one thought they would probably get this far. Improvement from last year, yes, but but not in this division series. And they're playing with house money. Get experience in the postseason and move on to next year. And don't let something like this, you know, really ruin a season. Because that, that's just stupid. Just, just dopey. Tampa Bay beat the uh, the Devil Dogs, beat the Stankies last night, 8-4. to four. They take a 2-1 series lead there. Um, really, you know, the key point came in the game, two of them. Luke Boyd grounds out with the bases loaded. Had a 3-0 count against Charlie Morton in the fourth inning. 
Chance for the Stankies really to blow it open. They were down at the time. At least get back into the game, tie the game. I think it was 4-1 at the time. Uh, and with a 3 nothing count, uh, Morton gets it back to 3-2. And uh, Voigt grounds out to end that inning. And really, uh, for all intents and purposes, any Stanky chance they had. And then the top of the fourth inning, Stankies had a strike them out, throw them out, double play apparently. But in the end, uh, it, it turns out to be uh, a, a ball um, for so two runners on, and then the next batter, Kevin Kiermeyer hits a three-run homer. So instead of having nobody on, two out, top of the fourth, no big deal. There's two on, and Kiermeyer, to his credit, hits a three-run homer, next batter, and that gave uh, Tampa Bay the lead. So that 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 two that that one inning sequence, Yankees fail. They're half of the inning. Tampa Bay delivers, and they're half of the inning. Really, when everything was said and done, what was the ball game? But uh, Tanaka didn't have it last night. Same issue that the Stankies have been dealing with all year, and you knew they were going to be dealing with this postseason. No pitching. They, they just have absolutely no pitching outside of Garrett Cole. It's amazing. Bagels and Mad Beats on Thursday morning. We'll come up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. Here we go to the fifth inning, game three. Randy Arozarena on the first pitch, sends it deep in the left, and there goes another one for Arozarena. Unstoppable right now, Randy Arozarena. Three more hits tonight. He has homered in each of the first three games of this division series, and the Rays are up five to one. Andy Kevin Cash was on. CBS with the call last night as the Devil Dogs want to beat the Stankies 8-4. Well, you talk about a story out of nowhere. Randy Arozarena. Who? <laughs> uh, you can be working on uh, MLB Network Radio, and you're not going to know who the who this guy is. Uh, he has been on absolute fire this postseason. Uh, 11 postseason hits over the Devil Dogs' uh, last four games. Ties for most ever. I mean, th- every time we turn around, Scott Wetzel, Bagels and Mad Beats on a Thursday morning. Uh, every time we turn around, th- there's another goofy, you know, nothing major, major, but just another goofy record being set. Um, and, and the latest one with Randy Arozarena, 11 postseason hits over four games. That's ties for the most ever. And th- that that can't be. Again, somebody's. Uh, some of these records I hear, I, I I just I tend to doubt. You're telling me the great stanky teams and all the other great teams over major league hit. No one's had more than eleven postseason hits in four games. I I just don't believe that. Maybe that's maybe they're writing team records. Maybe that's a Tampa Bay Devil Dog record that I you know I could understand. But you know eleven hits, I get it. You know that's almost three a game over four games. That is a lot. Don't get me wrong, but you know. 
it just seems to me someone would have more than that. Um, you know, a five for five, a four for five, and a three for five, and boom, there you're at 12. I mean, it, I, well, that's what they're saying. 11 postseason hits over four games, ties the most ever. Randy Arena. try winning that, uh, you know, water cooler pop quiz, uh, you know, a, a year from now. You know, who holds the record for most uh, postseason hits over four games? Yeah, Randy Arena. what <laughs> a joke. Uh, but he did it. He's done it again. And, you know, they're basically laughing. I mean, they are laughing at the Stankies, the Tampa Bay Devil Dogs, with a payroll of uh, about 50 million bucks, taking down the Stankies with a payroll of about $250 million with guys like Randy Arozarena and Kevin Kiermeyer. Kevin Stinkin Kiermeyer with a big three run homer with his negative launch angle they were talking about last night on TBS. What the fudge is that negative launch angle? What, what, what are we, a spaceship here? I mean, you got they're criticizing him before the three-run homer because he has a negative launch angle this year. It's like, what? I mean, I, I, this Nassau, a negative launch angle. So the guy, a pitcher two later, hits a three-run bomb. So much for your negative launch angle, TBS. I tell you, some of these dopey stats, this analytic garbage that we're dealing with in, in baseball is just over the top. You just complete. I read an article yesterday in the New York Post. I, you know, I got a headache. I had to take three, three et cetera, before, but before I could get done the article. They were talking about OPS, BPS, CPS, WPS. This guy's OPS, CPS is lower than the next guy's WPS. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? Do you really buy into this crap? Really, negative launch angles? Do you really, really buy into this garbage? Do you really think people are analyzing your, what, you're swinging too low? You're, you're swing it used to be, if there really was a negative launch angle, what does that mean? That he's swinging for line drives? You know, he used to strive for swinging for line drives. This is why we have 50,000 strikeouts every single game, because we have too many positive launch angles. You know, guys are swinging for defenses. It's all or nothing. It's either a strikeout or a home run or double. Negative launch angle. What a goof. So uh, Kevin Kiermaier with his negative launch angle had the big shot last night. Three-run homer. Uh, put Tampa Bay on top. And again, for all intents and purposes, that was the game. Stanton hit another home run for the Stankies. Uh, again, here's another one of those goofy records. Uh, he now has six home runs over his last five postseason games, dating back to uh, his previous year with the postseason. So that ties for the most ever. Again. Uh, now that one I understand. Six home runs, five postseason games. That that is a lot. You know, home runs are not easily come uh, come by. So that I get more so than the eleven postseason hits over four games. But he has six. It's amazing. You know, the biggest gripe Stanky fans have is with Stanton. You know, o over the last two years, he's always hurt, always strikes out, never gets any clutch hits. You know, uh, hits that proverbial two-run homer when the Stanks are leading at five to two, or maybe down. You know, seven to two when it really doesn't matter, and, and the guy has been really the, the lightning rod. So it's actually, he's been the one constant these two postseason games and really all postseason. Now, not that they necessarily, you know, he got a lot of help against Cleveland, but uh, against the, the, the Devil Dogs, these three games, you know, uh, he, he's been terrific. So, uh, you know, if you would have told Stanky fans you'd be getting home runs left and right out of Stanton, you would have thought they would be leading this series 2-1, not down 2-1. to one. So after winning game one, uh, the Stanks now trail two games to one, and it, it's it's simple. It, it's you know Tanaka last night gave up five runs over four innings. You know we saw why he did not start the game number two in this series. 
because uh, he's not pitched well in the two postseason starts. And the stanky issues are, are as clear as day. They just don't have any pitching. It's as simple as that. That hasn't changed this postseason. That's always been the concern for the Stanks. You know, they went out and got Paxton. That hasn't worked out. Jay Happ sucks. Uh, Tanaka, I guess, is too old. I, I don't know what the case may be. And, uh, you know, you're re- relying on basically, a, a, you know, inexperienced Jordan Montgomery tonight. Uh, he's pitched halfway decent this year, but, you know, the $250 million stanky payroll is relying on Jordan Montgomery with their season on the line tonight. How about that? You know, how, how pathetic is that? Um, you know, could Garrett Cole come back and pitch a game five if they win uh, later on tonight? Stankies aren't saying, but I'm assuming they would come back with him versus uh, the old bullpen by committee. Uh, like they did in game two. I, I'm guessing Cole might be able to give you three, four innings, but the Stanks are in trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. And, and you know, I'll tell you, it's it's looking more and more like, they, you know, hold your breath, uh, baseball fans, if you don't think, uh, you know, the Astros won things on the up and up a couple of years ago. But it's looking more and more. I know they lost yesterday 9-7, to seven, but it's looking more and more like the Astros are going back to the World Series. Unless you're buying into Tampa Bay, I mean, they got a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of Kevin Kiermeyers and Randy Rosarinas of the world, you know, Travis Darno, and, and, you know, uh, well, actually, that's not that. But, uh, you know, you got a bunch of these stiffs hitting home runs left and right. Um, you know, and beating, you know, uh, Toronto, pretty good team, bunch of young players, Stankies, obviously loaded lineup up and down. And all they do is win. And, uh, it looks like it's going to be a Tampa Bay Houston Astros thing. And, you know, could Tampa beat Houston, I suppose, but it's looking more and more like the Astros are going back to the world series. It really is. I know that's tough for a lot of people to swallow and accept, uh, because they didn't buy into their world series two years ago with the cheating and everything like that. But. Man, Stankies aren't presenting much of a problem with Tampa Bay. And uh, A's, although, again, they did win yesterday, uh, but still it, it took a 7-4, seventh-inning rally for them to win. I'm guessing the uh, Astros are going to finish them off later on today. And uh, you're looking at a Houston Astros World Series. And if that's the case, then whatever they may have done and whatever help they may have received in banging on the garbage pails and stealing signs and whatever the case may be, you know, they filed it up this year. Shortened season, I get all that, and and heartache and, and this and that and difficult situations. But if they're able to emerge out of the pack more than any other team, then you got to accept the fact that they cheated uh, a couple of years ago. But Tampa Bay wins it 8-4. to four. Boy, they have now beaten the Yanks again. 50 or million dollar or so payroll have beaten the Stankies with their 200 plus million dollar payroll. 10 of the last 13 meetings. They are 10 and three, eight and two in the regular season, two and one this postseason, 10 and three against the Stankies. And for those of us growing up in a time when Tampa Bay was generally just the dredges year after year after year of just being in last place. It's hard. It's still hard to accept. It, it really is. It's like having the Arizona Cardinals be really good. You know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, having uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs in hockey uh, be really good, you know, because they've always in last place all the time. You know, pick some last place team. It just takes a few years to accept that they're actually halfway decent. And with Tampa Bay, you know, I know they've been good for a couple of years, but still. Um, you know, the fact that they're on the verge of going to the Mercury League Championship Series over the Stanks is uh, kind of difficult to accept. Trevor Bauer, uh, God bless him, uh, sent out a tweet last night saying, kind of looks like the Stankies, I use them, uh, kind of looks like the Yankees could use some more starting pitching. Interesting. He's going to be a free agent uh, at the end of this season. And I tell you, 
it's been a long time since the Stankies have had a character like that. You know, putting him in the New York, New Jersey market with all the media members, while it would definitely be fun, it really would. The Stankies would be nuts. I mean, just absolutely nuts to bring this guy into New York and say, here, go have it with the media and the fans and everything else going on. Uh, it, the, all the distractions that uh, New York slash New Jersey presents, you know, no doubt they could use him. He he pitched great this year, but I would not trust him in a big market. No way. I, I, I think it's I don't think it's coincidental that he, uh, you know, struggled, we'll say, in Cleveland. Not that Cleveland's a major, 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 major market, but it's certainly bigger than Cincinnati. You know, he had success in Cincinnati, but he struggled in Cleveland. And yeah, you uh, triple, quadruple, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland and put him in New York. One struggle here, there, he'd be sending out tweets and everything. Yeah, no, uh, no, you know, on paper, it would make sense, Stanky fans, but you don't want to deal with that. You, you know. It's been, like I said, it's been a little while since they've had that kind of character. Unless I'm forgetting one off the top of my brain here. Uh, it is 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, that, that would not work. Uh, but they need to do something because they can't get anybody out. If Tampa Bay is continuing to hit home runs left and right as they are, yeah, you, you're not winning. You definitely are not winning. All right, 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phone. we got to get to some NFL stuff. As we got some news from yesterday, out uh, is uh, Dwayne Haskins. Boy, you want to know what the NFL 2020 is like? I'll tell you when we come back. Maybe we'll back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. Ball doesn't have a chance to stick around. Another homer in the series for Travis Darno. Scott Wetzel sitting in as uh, the Braves Radio Network, or, or WTBS, probably that was the call, or MLB Network. Uh, with the call there is Travis Darno goes uh, deep again uh, for the Atlanta Braves as they uh, shut out the Miami Marlins 2-0. Again, you, you want more uh, numbers? I, I, we got to keep track of all the records being set in Major League Baseball this postseason. It is, it is amazing because um, more and more are going by the wayside. How about the Braves pitching their third shutout in four games? They're just the third team in baseball history now to toss, uh, toss three shutouts in the first four games of a postseason, joining the 1905 New York Giants and the 1966 Baltimore Orioles. The, the Atlanta stinking Braves with Ian Anderson 
Uh, this guy scattered three hits, struck out eight over five and two thirds. He now has 17 strikeouts in his two postseason starts. Shut out Cincinnati last week and uh, did the same last night to, to Miami, although pitching it to the sixth inning. It's not like he's going nine innings here. But still, uh, Atlanta wins it two to nothing over the uh, Marlins as they lead that series two games to none. Uh, Darno and Dansby Swanson each homering uh, for the second straight game, the only offense of the day. That's all they needed. Uh, basically, a calm situation after game one in which uh, Acuna Jr. was thrown at. Nothing happened yesterday. He was not uh, thrown at. Uh, he went 0 for 4, no big deal, uh, striking out all four times. So the Miami, you know, you got a little bit of revenge, I suppose, in getting him out four times all by strikeouts. Uh, MLB Network uh, with the call there. Uh, but ultimately, Atlanta wins the uh, the war uh, two zip over the Marlins, and their pitching staff has been absolutely phenomenal. Again, now, is that a product of the Cincinnati Reds, you know, just laying over? Probably. I mean, you get shut out back-to-back games. You know, you're not talking about, uh, you know, Hall of Fame pitchers here. Uh, you know, you don't have Smoltz and Glavin out there. Uh, so, but, you know, and then you got Miami, which, you know, is playing with house money in a lot of ways like San Diego. Uh, so they're probably just giddy being there in the, in the National League Division Series. So Atlanta takes a 2 nothing lead. Looks like that one's going to be over. The other one was uh, Oakland and Houston yesterday afternoon. Astros, as I mentioned before, blow a 7-4 seventh inning lead. Pinder with a three-run homer. A's go on to win it, so they stay alive in that series. Trailing it now two games to one. So that's your baseball stuff. Zach Granke, oh, oh by the way, two other little notes. Uh, good news, I suppose, if you're an Astros fan, uh, Zach Granke's ailing right arm, supposedly sound, according to doctors that, that took a look at him. So they're still hoping that he can pitch sometime this postseason, whether it's this series or the next. I don't know if that's really true, if that's just throwing it out there to give other teams concern. Or they're just hoping beyond hope versus just shutting him down. What's the point of shutting him down now? Maybe they're hoping for a miracle, but had a little, and I mean a little, 15 pitches uh, pitching session in which uh, apparently he came out of it looking pretty good. Now, I don't know what you can find at 15 pitches, uh, but I'll just take them for their word. So good news that maybe Granke will pitch for the Houston Astros uh, before this postseason is done. Uh, obviously, if they uh, win t- today, Padres ace Mike Clevenger, though, is done for the National League Division Series. If, in fact, the Padres should actually rally and win, um, they confirmed that he's dealing with an injury. So that that, turned, that trade for, with the Cleveland Indians uh, didn't uh, pan out for Cincinnati, for San Diego, which is now down three starting pitchers. Uh, that That's asking a lot. It, it really is um, as far as, uh, you know. Starters are concerned for for since for uh, San Diego again another team. It's amazing how you have these teams that are really playing with house money. Uh, you, you can make the case Miami certainly is. You can make the case San Diego certainly is. Um, you know, yeah, you, you could actually make the case the Houston Astros are. You know, you finish two games under five hundred, and uh, under all that pressure, you know, just getting to the postseason was a bit of an accomplishment. Albeit two games under, getting to this point is a bit of an accomplishment. If they were to blow a two nothing series lead, you know that would be a tough pill to swallow. But ultimately, you kind of showed your medal by getting here and winning around, and and you know showing yourself up two games to none against Oakland is just just kind of being a halfway decent thing. And almost they're almost you know if they lost the next round, then they would be playing. You know if they won this round and got to the uh, ALCS, then they would be playing with house money. I, I wouldn't say they're playing with house money just just yet. 
And I, I wouldn't say that about Tampa Bay or the Stankies, obviously, uh, since Tampa Bay won the division and had the best record in baseball, at least in the American League anyway, uh, behind the Dodgers. So so they, they have to do something after, uh, you know, choking away postseason appearances the last couple of years. So uh, just but you got a couple of teams that are playing with house money, Major League Baseball. All right, 844-843-6879. Our good buddy, Mr. Peanut, chimes in on this Thursday morning. What's up, Mr. Peanut? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Yep. All right, fire away, bud. Who, who are you upset about the, today? I, uh, well, what conference? What you, the commissioner? <laughs> why, you, why are you putting the Astros in the World Series already? Because they're playing good. Uh, they're playing great. They're not going to lose to Oakland three in a row, I would think. And, and it looks like Tampa Bay is going to beat the Stankies. And I just, I'm not buying into Tampa Bay. I know they had a great record, uh, Mr. Peanut, but it's still, to me, it's still, you know, Randy Rosarina and, and Kevin Kiermeyer and, and a bunch of nobodies. It's, it's just hard to accept that that team is that good. I know a they are. A bunch of nobodies. But... Morton won a Cy Young and so did Snell. How can you say they're nobodies? Because that they're not in an everyday lineup. I'm talking one through eight. You know, look if at their they everyday the lineup. Red they Sox don't have a guy. They don't me have a guy better than If if these two guys, if Snell and Morton were on the Red Sox, you'd be saying they're better than Degrom and everything else. You'd be jocking them, going around asking for their autographs, and they're the greatest thing since the friggin' all timers. And since they're <laughs> playing in Tampa Bay, you won't give them an ounce of respect, and it's disgusting. I, I mean, wouldn't say that about Charlie Morton. I mean, it's Charlie Morton. Yeah, you know, he, he's kind of like the Rick Porcello of the uh, Tampa Bay Devil Dogs. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. How about that? I'll give you that respect for for Charlie Morton. Nice veteran pitcher, shut down the Stankies, but you know, I'm not putting him on a, a you know a top tier you know Pedro Martinez level. And besides, it's it's about it's not necessarily about their pitchers. Their pitchers are doing well, Mister P. It's, it's about their everyday lineup. I mean. Uh, they they literally don't have a guy hitting 300, you know. So it's 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 hard to accept that they can you be this good. You don't need to hit 300 anymore. Nobody hits 300 anymore. I think the batting champion hit like 320, 330. They, they yeah, used no, to have to hit 360. Now it's home runs. It's not about now. now yeah, now all you yeah. have to do is hit home runs. I understand. Anyways, did you hear that there aren't going to be any games at all on the Pac-12 Network this year because they fired everybody. Larry Scott needs to be put in prison. The guy has cost jobs. He's cost kids scholarships. He's cost recruits. The Pac-12 should just disband, honestly. It should disband and join the Big 12 because they don't want to be in their own conference. They just want to follow what the Big 10 does. They should, just, they should really be disbanded, honestly. It should be really discussed by... Why? Why aren't they? Uh, before you leave, why aren't they uh, televising the games? Is that true? Yeah, I, I, I haven't heard that. I don't know why they would be uh, disbanding the Pac-12 network. Uh, I got to look that. I didn't see that. I don't doubt you, but um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure why. Because they can't afford to televise the games. I thought that was the whole reason why they were playing. To tell you the truth, I know ABC has their. Uh, you know, the main contract, but there's the Pac-12 network, like there's the Big Ten network, um, you know, the SEC network. So I, I got I, like I said, I don't know why they would do that, but uh, I'll, I'll look into that and see uh, if in fact, I don't think the Pac-12 was ever going to play a game this year. If there was a bet on FanDuel, you know, will the Pac-12 play? Yes or no? I'd be I'd be betting no. Uh, 
There's a reason, as we've talked about before, there's a reason why they're delaying the start of their season until November. They could easily be starting next week, just like the Big Ten is starting. Very easily. You know, if not next week, then maybe the following week. Uh, You don't need six weeks of practice to get the season underway, and that's what they gave themselves. And that's all because they really don't want to play. They want to make it look like they want to play, but they're, you know, seeing as long as possible for this uh, coronavirus thing to implode. And, you know, with the NFL starting to implode, uh, I I think the Pac-12 was just sitting back saying, all right, you know what, we got another – we got another four weeks before we really have to play a game. We'll see how things turn out. Here are your Devil Dog batters uh, this year. They actually, I, I misspoke. They actually had a couple of batters, uh, you know, that played part-time that hit 300. But uh, 280, uh, 269, uh, these are your everyday players. I'll spare you the names. You'll never heard of them anyway, so what's the difference? 269, 259, 197, 286, not too bad. 269, 217, 205, 230, 156. 156 is your starting rate right fielder, for goodness sakes. Uh, you got 307 with the Yandy Diaz. Um, and 167, 147, and, and a part-timer, uh, Michael Brusso at first base at, at 302. So you have basically one guy, you know, Randy, uh, Yandy Diaz, uh, that hits 300. And, and you're, uh, your part-time starting catcher, a buck fifty-eight. I mean, it, and it, as far as the names, like I said, I, I won't bore you with the names because you never have heard of these guys. So it, it is very difficult for me to accept the fact that this team is actually on the cusp of going to the American League Championship Series. I get it. You want to hear a good stat? The Devil Dogs are twenty-nine and six. They said when scoring first this year. Now listen, they didn't lose that many games to begin with. They're, they're forty and twenty. But 29-6 and six when scoring first. I mean, that really is impressive when you think about it. It just goes to show how they utilize that bullpen to perfection. You give them a lead, and they are tough to overcome. 29-6. and six. They were 40-20 and 20 in the regular season. They're 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. They're 4-1 this postseason. So, you know, make that 44-21 and 21 overall. And 29-6 and six when scoring first. That that's uh, that's pretty darn good. That, that actually is. All right, a couple of football notes here. Uh, Redskins announced that uh, Kyle Allen will be their starting quarterback uh, this weekend, and they benched uh, Dwayne Haskins. They take on the L.A. Rams Sunday. Uh, not only did Haskins get benched, he apparently has uh, dropped to third on the depth chart behind Alex Smith, who will be the backup. So he won't even dress for this weekend's games. You know, here's football 2020. He, if I told you that a guy was a quarterback, 32 of 45 for 314 yards, had a season-best passer rating of 90.4, and rushed for a touchdown, you would have said was the you know the NFL player of the week. You know, uh, did he uh, lead his team to a victory at least? Did he, you know, uh, at least lead his team into a, you know, a scoring situation where it was a one-score game? No, 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 no. Uh, those were Dwayne Haskins' numbers this past week against Baltimore. A very good defense, right? I mean, not, not a slouch defense. 32 of 45 for 314 yards, uh, passer rating, whatever the fudge that makes that up, a 90.4 is best yet, and he rushed for a touchdown as well. Now, they lost the game 31-17, uh, and it really wasn't even that close in that it was 31-10 late in the game, and he scored a no-by-the-way touchdown, but the bottom line is, you know, he let him down the field, and they lost by 14. So. And for that, he's getting benched. That's football 2020. That, you know, it's so meaningless. 
and so easy to throw for 300 yards that this dude throws for 300 yards for the first time or a rare time. I'm mean, guessing the first time in his career, and he gets benched for it. So when you start throwing me Dak Prescott numbers, goes back to Dallas, and how he's throwing for three, four, five hundred yards, I'll point to Dwayne Haskins and say, big deal. You get benched for that. You get another one. Close that out, number one there. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. On a uh, Thursday morning, we'll open up the phones next hour, 844-843-6879. We put our poll question up there for today. First up, let us recap yesterday's, which came in as the most disappointing outcome from the previous night was uh, cheating Astros winning again, getting 47% of the vote. A little surprised about that, only because uh, Miami lost to the Lakers in game four. Uh, that garnered 36% of the vote. Padres coming up flat game one against the Dodgers, uh, 12% of the vote, and the proverbial other getting uh, 5% of the vote. So that that shows the disgust of, uh, I, I think, fans in the NBA in that they're not even willing to vote against them in these polls. How goofy is that? I mean, that, that just shows how little interest they actually have in, in the NBA. That, you know what, I don't even care if LeBron wins or loses anymore. That That's really, wow, you've hit a new low. Uh, when you fail to vote that. All right, so today's poll question, Washington, um, I had a little typo here, a couple of places. I should probably redo this, but uh, I, I just posted it. Uh, Washington, I, put, I forgot the end, benches Haskins. Uh, next quarterback to be replaced should be, I got the Miami's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I got Atlanta's uh, Matt Ryan. I got the Giants' Daniel Jones, although I forgot the L there, Danny, D-A-N-I-E, uh, Jones, and then the, the proverbial other. Uh, like I said, I just posted it, so uh, Miami uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick leading the way early on with 57% of the vote. So go to Opposite Picks on your Twitter feed. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Uh, get your vote in, and uh, we'll uh, update that a couple times before we are through. The coronavirus not going away. We'll take a break, top of the hour sports uh, update, and then we'll uh, update everything that's going on on whether some of these games will be played, where they're going to be played, uh, rules being broken. You know, the Buffalo Bills are crying about whether they should have to play the Tennessee Titans. They're afraid, you know, Titan players, you know, getting together last week and something I brought up and then an update on the uh, Bill O'Brien situation with the uh, Houston Texans on how things went down. We'll get to all that stuff. Wow. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.